You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time, I'm usually not this stupid, but uh, my name is Braden, and I'm the senior leader here at Renew Life Church. Uh, I'm not the campus pastor. Cody Sykes is the campus pastor here. And just to let you guys know, you guys be praying for Cody. Cody got diagnosed with COVID last Monday, and, uh, but he's doing great. He's taking some medication that the government tells us doesn't work and doesn't want you to take, but he's taking it and actually is getting better. And put that one out there. So, uh, so he's actually doing really, really good as of after he got his IV and a few other things. And so, uh, he's even outside shooting his bow yesterday. How many guys know you're getting better when you're shooting your bow? So, anyway, quarantined in his yard, of course, just like he's supposed to. But anyway, uh, I know it's driving him crazy not to be here. I wasn't supposed to be here this week. I was supposed to be preaching in Lubbock and here next week, but you got me this week, and uh, I'm really, really excited to be here. If you got your Bibles, you can turn to Colossians chapter 3. Uh, I didn't have nearly this much time in the first service to, to talk. The, we had our child dedication. It was actually super incredible, one of the best child dedications I've ever been a part of. Uh, I did the child dedication. It was pretty incredible. Uh, but it was just incredible. The Lord just really spoke strongly to my heart. Uh, this morning and even some last night about how I really, really wanted to uh, give a word, to a prophetic word over every single, every single child. I cannot tell you how many times in my life that I don't know if I'd have had the strength and the courage to move through that season of, with faith had I not had a prophetic word that was on the other side of the issue that I was dealing with. And if you don't believe in prophecy, let me just encourage you, you should, one, <laughs> And it's very, very biblical to get a word from God. Sometimes he throws something out in your future so that you can handle the current. You can handle the presence and, and, and the present. And so uh, we actually just prophesied over all the kids, and it was actually super incredible, powerful things. So even some healing happened to some families in the first service. It was, it was incredible. So, uh, But anyway, I didn't have as much time in this first, first service, but we do really to get into some things. I feel very confident that what we're going to talk about today, well, let me say it a different way. The thing we're going to talk about today, I give credit for changing my life more than any revelation in the history of my journey as a believer. And uh, it was the foundation of this church. In fact, it was the foundation of my soul. The Lord got me right before he even planted this church. And there were some things he adjusted in me uh, to help me see some things. And I just feel very, very confident that if you'll really, really get what we're saying, it's going to be a little bit deeper. It's going to be, you're going to have to kind of go with me on some things, maybe a little less entertaining, a little bit more revelatory. But I, I guarantee you, uh, nothing's changed my life more than some of the things we're going to talk about today. So just really engage your faith uh, with me, if you will. Uh, I, I'm a believer that uh, some of the message is dependent on you. You have to want to hear. You have to believe that God's got a word for you, and faith from you brings out revelation for me. Amen? All right, three of you believe that. Galatians chapter 3. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. I'm just going to read some scattered verses. This is actually not, I'm not going to read a full passage of Scripture, and it's not based on a story. It's based on a principle, but sometimes if you're not careful, you can read one Scripture and try to make a principle on just one Scripture, and it's like, well, hang on, is that, is that principle all throughout Scripture? And so I want to read three different scriptures that I believe uh, really nail home, excuse me, this point. Starting in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, it says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, and here's the phrase I want you to get, have clothed yourself with Christ. I want you to remember this, clothed yourself with Christ. 
Romans 13, 14 says it this way, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an interesting way to say it, right? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. One more scripture in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. The realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you have died to this life and your real life, here's what I want you to focus on, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So I want you to think about this, put all these together. What, what's the concept we're going to talk about today? He says you have been clothed with Christ. Put on Christ. You have been hidden, with, your real life has been hidden with Christ in God. And I want to talk to you today about what does it mean to be hidden in Christ. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that phrase before about hidden hidden in Christ. I think that's one of those phrases that you've heard, but it's like, yeah, how do you, how do, you do that? I, I see that, but actually, what does that mean, and how do you, how do you actually do that? Because the truth of the matter is, if you're not living hidden, you're not living right. Some of you think you're not living right. Well, some of you are not living right, you know. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not living right. If they said that to you, look back and say, you don't know my life. You don't know my, you don't know my life. But here's the reality. If you're not living hidden, you're not living right. I, uh, about 13 years ago, I was working for a church in Emerald, Texas, and he had given me this, this uh, teaching series. This was back when uh, a guy would, someone would give you a set of tapes. And you guys remember the tape days? You, got a set of, you may remember got some tapes. Uh, he, he handed me a set, a set of tapes or CDs. I can't remember exactly which one was. I think it was tapes, maybe. And he said, I want you to listen to this and uh, the title of the, the series was Pride and Humility. How many of you guys know you're not off to a good start when your boss hands you and says, says, I need you to listen to this. <laughs> it's on pride and humility. Uh, it actually ended up being one of the most important messages of my life. In fact, I can tell you there's not a single message, a single series. In fact, there's three parts to the series. I think each teaching is an hour to hour and a half. So it's, it's a significant amount of teaching. But um, I would honestly say there's been no more important teaching in my life that I can remember. I've listened to that series uh, at least once a year for the last at least, thir- at least 13 years of my life. Uh, I know there were times where I listened to it almost once a month, where I listened to it 10 or 12 times throughout the course of the year. If you want to get it, it's actually free. You can download it on uh, morelife.org, Keith Moore Ministries. It's just a series called Pride and Humility. I, I highly recommend it. I give it, it's the, one of the first things I give to every single pastor that I hire. I just hand them this and say, hey, we're just, let's just get it started right. Just start right there. And it's very, very important. Our staff, I mean, we, we know it all by heart, some of these things. But I remember that my pastor giving me this, this, uh, this series for the first time. And in that series, Keith, one of the things he talks about are four in you truths. Four things that are true in you. And the four in you truths are, you are nothing, you have nothing, you know nothing, and you can do nothing in yourself. Now, how encouraging is that? Isn't that just a fantastic truth, you know? You are nothing in yourself. You have nothing in yourself. You know nothing in yourself, and you can do nothing in yourself. But how many of you guys are thankful we're not in ourselves if we are in Christ Jesus? And we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. And I remember listening to, I'd been listening to this, uh, this CD series over and over and over again. And to be quite honest with you, 
the place I was in my life, I, it, it was an interesting work that the Lord was doing. It's almost like he didn't let me hear the second part where in, in Christ you can do all things. It's almost like he didn't let me hear that part. All I got to hear was what I was not. And it was about that same time the Lord gave me a dream. I don't normally dream. In fact, prophetically when I hear, I usually just will know a word or I will get a very quick glimpse of something when talking to someone. Uh, that's usually how I, I operate, at least prophetically. But this particular time I, ha- I had a dream. And in this dream, I walked up to this wall. And on this wall, there were these big giant uh, nails. They were up spikes, almost like railroad spikes that had uh, a head of the head of the spike had, was big enough that it could have a word on it. And all these nails on this wall had words on them. And then on those nails were these little placards. looked like little cedar plaques. And they said confidence. There was a bunch of them. They said confidence. And they had these little, this little rope. And there was confidence, confidence plaques hanging on a bunch of these different nails. And I went up to the first nail, and the first nail said athletic. And I pulled that nail out of the deal, and I was holding the confidence. Uh, I grew up playing sports my whole life. I ended up playing in college some. And uh, it didn't take long after I was out of college that I... I, I ain't as good as I once was, and, uh, and so I was kind of working through some things there, and, and it, but it was just interesting, the journey the Lord took me on, so the first one was like athletic, and the second one was intelligent, and it doesn't take long to realize you ain't as smart as you think you are, you'll meet some smart people, and, and all of a sudden, it, 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 we took off the athletic, and I was holding the confidence that was on athletic, and it, I mean, it's embarrassing even now. To, actually, it's not even that embarrassing I, to talk about them now. It is what it is. One said athletic, one said intelligent, one said good looking, one said good with the ladies. Well, I mean, there was all, there was all these things. And, and, and I just remember one by one, I went, began to pull these nails out. Actually, they were coming out and I, I, didn't, I actually wasn't the one pulling them. But as, the, as that nail would come out, all that was left was me holding that confidence. And I'll never forget... Um, the feeling when I woke up and was processing this dream, it was the most sickening, insecure feeling I had ever felt in my life. It was almost as if those cedar plaques weighed a thousand pounds apiece, and I was ill-equipped in my own strength to carry that confidence. And I just remember I was, I was just such a, such a wreck. I was an, in fact, Leanne could tell you, I, in going through this season, I actually... I don't think I had language for this, but I was borderline depressed. I mean, I, and uh, she was like, is, it, is something wrong with you? What's going on with you? I even had my pastor pull me into the office, and he said, man, something's, something's wrong with you. He said, have you been listening to those Keith Moore tapes? And I was like, yes, I know. I am nothing. I can do nothing. I know nothing. I... And I had gotten really, really, really low. And if you, if you wrote that down and you're going to go listen to those tapes, I I, I warn you, have your big boy and big girl britches on when you, when you listen to them because the point, the point was not to make me low in the sense that bring me so low that I never came back. Actually, the point showed up later on in my life. I think the Lord was doing a work in my heart at that time that needed to be done. But it wasn't an, actually until years later that I actually had a secondary dream and in that dream I actually reappeared in the exact same position that I had left off in that dream where I was in the dream and I was holding all of that confidence And all of a sudden, one nail just went wham and just kind of, it's like it came through the air and stuck in that wall and it just said, Jesus. And I just remember all of this confidence that I had placed in all these other things and was ill-equipped to carry myself. I was able to offload that onto that one nail and I cannot begin to explain to you the relief that it gave my soul, even though it's like, 
it was, it was like subconscious, but it was like all of a sudden I was more aware than I had ever been that I was ill-equipped to live the life I was called to live, full of confidence and courage and being the leader that I was called to be at the time. I, I was ill-equipped to do that if any of my confidence was in anything other than who Jesus was in my life. That's very, it, that can be cliche. Let's just be honest. It's all about Jesus. Just cast your cares upon the Lord. It's all about him. I'm, yeah, but we got to actually figure out how to do this. Like we got actually got to figure out what this looks like. We got to figure out how to do this because I'm of the I'm of the persuasion that most of us find more identity in who we are in ourselves than who we are in Christ. I, I, I see this. I deal with this on a daily basis and talking to people. I see the insecurities in people. I see the fears in people. And, and, and we're going to get into this, but these insecurities, these fears, these lack of courage, this lack of being who God's called you to be are all rooted and grounded. And you don't, you know too much about who you are in you and not nearly enough about who you are in him. <clears throat> Metaphorically speaking, when you look into the mirror, what do you see? You need to ask yourself that question. When I look into the mirror, when I look at my life, when I think about my life, when I meditate where I'm at in my life, what do you see? Do you see this disappointment, this, this disappointed maybe, divorcee who's overweight, who's not a good mom, who's not a good dad, who struggles in business, whose things going bankrupt, whose ideas never work out? whose kids aren't doing that well, I'm not that great of a dad, I'm addicted to porn, I'm addicted to alcohol. When you look at you, are you overwhelmed with the things that you're not? Because if you're overwhelmed with the things that you're not, you too spend much time, you spend too much time looking at who you are in you and not nearly enough time looking at who you are in him. Vice versa. If you look in the mirror and you're like, dang, bro, you looking good and you like what you see so much, and not just that you like what you see, hear me, but you give yourself credit for what you see. You give yourself credit for what you see. You give yourself credit for the things that you have. You give yourself credit for the life that you live. You give yourself credit for the way that you, for the way that you look. Both of these things are, well actually both of these are actually pride. Pride is the, is the result of looking at yourself through the eyes of the flesh. Pride is when you look at yourself. Pride has two faces. Pride can show up as one of two things. It can show up as insecurity and arrogance. Pride is when you look at yourself too much. Pride is when you look at yourself in, or in, uh, of pride, insecurity is when you look at yourself and you don't like what you see. Now you have the emotion of insecurity. I'm looking at me, looking at me. I don't like it. I don't like it. All of a sudden, insecurity comes on. The opposite is arrogance. Arrogance. When I look at myself, I like what I see and I take credit for what I've done. I take credit for where I am. Both of these are the result of looking at you instead of looking at him. This is going to be fun, huh? I'm telling you, I, this, this can be a very, very simple message, but it will change your life forever. It's a very, very simple message, but it will, it will literally change your life forever. I cannot tell you how many times that I've had to go back to this. In fact, even 
uh, I don't, this, this is kind of an odd thing to talk about, but oftentimes uh, I still have, I don't know, probably every message that I've preached, I have the notes on a file or in a folder. Uh, I, think, I think the last time I looked, I have all the way back to like 2009, 2000, 2007 actually, 2007, I have every message I ever preached on file. And um, I've never been able to do this. As Leanne knows this. I've never been able to go back to notes that I've written. There's been times where I'm like, Lord, I, I want to know what to preach. I want to know what to preach. And Leanne's like, just go pick one you preach in the press and preach that. It's, it was good. And I'm like, I just, I just can't make myself do it. I was like, no, no, I, Lord, I got to know what the now word of the Lord is. And I just got this overwhelming sense that I was supposed to, I was supposed to come back to some of this stuff. And so I, for the first time in my life, and I've actually done this before, I've gone back and read some of my notes and I was like, what an idiot. That doesn't even make any sense. That's the worst message I've ever, like I had such negative self-talk about some of the messages that I was, that I had written. And, but I, I, I had really felt strongly that we needed to go back and revisit the foundation on which we're building our lives. And so I went back to when the Lord was revealing some of this to me and I found the notes to two particular series. Uh, and, and this was one of them. I did, I taught this several years ago on, on what it's like to live hidden in Christ. And I was reading through the notes. And I was like, well, that's actually pretty good stuff right there. Hey. <laughs> And, and, I, and, I know, and I can say that now with, with the purest and cleanest of conscience because the notes that I'm talking about are notes about it's not about me. <laughs> it's literally not about me. My life is not built on me. And I've even learned to pray through the filter of, of, of what it's like to live a life hidden, hidden in Christ. I want to give you... Um, I want to give you what, I, what I'm going to, I think it's five, five truths about hidden people. Five things that are true about hidden people. First thing about hidden people is hidden people are humble people. Hidden people are humble people. They are always incredibly aware. When you're looking at Jesus and you're looking at yourself through the filter of Jesus, well, let me, let me back up. I think I need, let me cover something. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, there's, there's this identification of uh, where the scripture actually identifies your whole being. And it says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. And it goes on to say a few other things. But what I want you to understand is you have to know what you are. You are a spirit. You are a spirit being. You came from a spiritual place in heaven and you were, spent, you were sent to a natural place on earth to be a spirit that had a soul that lived in a body. It's very important you know this. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. What Jesus did when he died on the cross and what happened to you when you accepted what he did on the cross is your spirit, who you really are, was made perfect through the blood of Jesus. Your spirit was made perfect. Now, your soul, which is not who you are, it's what you have. You know there's a big difference in who you are and what you have. Like, you, you, you are, you are some, somebody, but you also have some things. You have clothes, you have a house, you, it, it's a possession. You need to learn to think about your soul as something you have. And you live in a body. Who you are is spirit, and who you are is perfect. I want you to hear that. And there's going to be some things I'm just going to repeat, because I'm just going to be honest with you. This is, such a, this is such a difficult revelation for most people to get. I'm just going to repeat it, not because I'm forgetting what I'm going to next. It's because faith comes by hearing, and hearing, 
and hearing. But you need, some of you even need to hear it this morning. I see it look on some of your faces. Your Heavenly Father is looking at you this morning. And because you made Jesus the Lord of your life, He sees you as perfect. Perfect. He so desired to see you that way that because you could never be perfect, He sent perfect to die for you and stand in the gap for you so that every time He looked at you, the only thing He saw was perfect. Jesus feels, I'm sorry, your heavenly father, your creator, your maker feels about you today the exact same way that he feels about Jesus. Think about that. He feels the exact same way. Remember, what are we, what are we talking about here? We're talking about the realities of heaven. The realities of heaven. You know where you're at in heaven, in the heavenly places? You're seated at the right hand. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where is Christ seated in heaven? At the right hand of his Father. Why the right hand? Because that's a, that's a position of favor. That's a position I'm proud of you. So your heavenly Father, in all the things that your soul's not doing right, you, since that's just your possession, and your spirit is, some, is who you are, and your spirit has been made perfect through Jesus, your heavenly Father is looking at you right now and going, dude, you're perfect perfect now the problem is is we don't always see what he sees we find our identity in what we have more than who we are we find our identity in the realm of our soul and in the realm of our body we often find our identity in the decisions that we've made good bad or ugly and we identify with those decisions. We find our identity in the emotions that we're dealing with. In fact, a lot of young people, they're really they're struggling with this because they're having emotions. They're having emotions of attraction, same-sex attraction, this attraction. And, and, and they, they think they are what they feel. You're not what you feel. Your feelings are an emotion that you actually have control over just like any other possession you have. It can be approved. It can be gotten rid of. You, how many, some of your possessions, you didn't say, you know, I'm just going to throw that away. It's like when you're moving, you go through stuff, and you're like, when would I have ever needed this? Throw this, throw this? throw this away. Some of those emotions, they just literally just need to be thrown away. They're not who you are. You're not a homosexual. You're not a lesbian. There's not something wrong with you, young lady, just because you think another young lady is attractive. You have a liar whispering in your ear trying to get you to identify with what you think and how you feel. But I propose to you today, and I'm right, <laughs> that you are not what you think and you are not what you feel. You are who he says you are. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So we're, we're, in this, we're in this situation at, in culture where we are identifying with how we feel. We're identifying with how we think. We're identifying with, uh, with our decisions that we've made. Just because you've made a decision and it was a failure doesn't mean that you're a failure. Amen. Just because you made a decision, man, I'm, this is, this is going to set you free. Just because you made a decision to cheat on your wife does not mean you are a loser. Just because you've been struggling in something, just because you made the, I don't care if, we were talking about this the other day. I, I was talking to somebody who's going through a pretty tough situation. Just wrap your mind around the life of David. 
This is, a, this is a guy who had a prophet come to him while he was just this young boy who was doing everything his dad told him. He's had this prophet come to him. He anoints him. You're going to be the next king of Israel. Then he gets sent back to the field, kills the lion, kills the bear. Anybody else got that on their resume? Kills the lion, kills the bear, shows up to war, kills the, kills the giant. Then has this whole thing where he doesn't just kill the giant. Then he gets to marry the king's daughter. So he's just thrown into this world where the... the all of a sudden, I got a little Nacho Libre in my head. People were screaming my name. It's like, <laughs> people were screaming his name. I mean, they're chanting. It's like, he he's has this incredible life. And, and, and not only that, he even goes through a season where Saul, the king, is trying to kill him. And he has such honor and such integrity that when Saul's relieving himself in a cave, he doesn't even touch him. He has so much character, so much integrity. And then all of a sudden, it's like he lost his mind lost his ever-loving mind and one day when he was supposed to be at war he's on top of this roof and he sees this naked lady and I don't care what you say there's never been a man that doesn't want to see a naked lady it just needs to be the right naked lady and 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 this and this guy then it's like oh, okay we're what is going on he sees her he calls for her. He sleeps with her. He, and I, I, there's some, like I said, I've, I've seen people go through s- some stuff now. I actually think sometimes a lot of your bad mistakes are honestly just your reaction trying to fix your first mistake. I think sometimes you just mess up and make a mistake, and then you compound it by trying to fix the first mistake. Dude, he kid, so he sleeps with, he sleeps with Bathsheba, and next thing you know, she's pregnant. And he's like, oh my gosh. And he starts freaking out. Call for your ride. And send him back. Hey, try to go sleep with your wife. No, Lord, I won't do it. I've got too much integrity. All right, let's have a few beers, and we'll see if you feel the same way. Like, and every, every man knows after a few beers, you are Don Juan. I mean, you are freaking Don Juan. So he's like, oh, if I get him a few beers, he'll be back in that room in just a minute. Gives him a few beers next night, won't sleep with his wife. Has so much integrity. I, had a guy say, I heard a guy say this the other day. Uriah had more character drunk than David did sober. I mean, just mistake. And then goes so far, since he won't do it, he literally writes this letter, gives it to Uriah, and says, take this letter back to this, the commander. Sends the letter and says, hey, you guys go out to battle, put Uriah at the front, and then draw back so that he can be killed. He used Uriah's own integrity against him. He knew he would not peek. He knew he would not read that letter and had him send his own death warrant to his commander and ordered for the death of Uriah. And yet somehow, somehow, the Lord never gave up on David even so much that at the end of his days, he said, that right there is a man after my heart. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable how the Lord has the ability to, the ability to see what's really there not what we really did. Some of you are really, really good people who have done some really, really dumb things. But you're finding yourself in the really dumb thing that you did. And the beauty of this, this story is that the covenant that we have with God is far greater than the covenant God had with David. David's, David was spared and David continued to prosper because he was a man after God's own heart. I'm telling you, <laughs> as weird as this sounds, it's not even about your heart. It's about this condition of who you are in spirit, which is perfect. 
when you're, when you're struggling identifying with what you've done over who you are, just think about the life of David and then remind yourself, I actually have a better covenant with God than David had with God. Far greater covenant. Hidden people are humble people. I had the Lord say this to me this morning as I was declaring this over my life. I was, uh, I, I think this is a, also a word for the day, just a little, I'll call it a little life nugget, but you know, I, the, the call of God on my life is to do what I'm doing right now. This is, this is what the Lord's asked me to do, and, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm very good at it. Sometimes I don't feel like very qualified, and so I have to, I, there are things that I have in my life, uh, even prayers and de- declarations that I have to remind myself about. You know, the first, Je- the first message Jesus ever preached one of the first words out of his mouth was, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. And so on almost every Sunday morning of my life, before I come up and do what I'm called to do, because I know me, I know me, I know what I am, I know what I'm not. But I have to channel, not who I am in me, who I am in him. And so I have to declare out of my mouth, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Lord. You have anointed me to preach this message today. You have anointed me to lead this church today. In the same way, you need to wake up every single day and declare that over your life. Whatever that is that you're doing, Lord, I thank you that today the spirit of the Lord is upon me for you have anointed me to be a mom today. You have anointed me to teach kids today. You've anointed me in government today. You have to learn to open up your mouth and say those things. As I was saying those things this morning and praying this over my own life, I said, Lord, I'm just, I, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for you have anointed me to preach the gospel. I'm so thankful that I'm not doing this alone, that I'm doing this with your presence. And as I said that phrase, that I'm doing this with your presence, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I have given you an inheritance of holiness. I've given you an inheritance of holiness. In other words, that secret place in the presence of God, there has to be a level, there has to be perfect holiness. When Jesus said it is finished and died, one of the things that happened as a sign of of, of things to come for us was that the veil was torn in the tabernacle and the access to the holy of holies was then available. See, I have access to the presence of God. I know to do what I'm called to do. I, I have got to know that he's with me. I have got to know that he's with me. If you're not with me, I ain't doing it. It's like Moses. Lord, if you ain't going, I ain't going. Lord, if you ain't coming to church today, I ain't coming. And I, all of a sudden I just realized he gave me an inheritance of holiness so that I could be in his presence anytime I wanted to. I didn't do anything to be holy. I inherited holy because I inherited Jesus who is holy. You can't hear everything I just said and not be humbled. It's a humbling thing to know what what God did, what Jesus did to get us in a place that he could see us the way he wanted to see us. It's a very humbling thing. I propose to you, if you deal with pride, just look at Jesus more. Just look at him more. Don't beat yourself up. Just look at him more. It's hard to look at him and look at what he did and stay arrogant. Hidden people are humble people. Another thing is hidden people are secure people. You're secure because he has covered your insecurities. He's covered everything that you're not. You have no reason to be insecure, especially especially in this day and age, especially about your body. 
this culture is attacking our young ladies about their, their bodies. It's like where we're doing all this stuff to try to fix our body because we have such shame with our bodies and, and such, such insecurity about our bodies. That's you identifying with your body more than identifying with your spirit. But once you learn to do that, and you realize, oh my gosh, who I really am is hidden in Christ. I'm perfect. That perfection, the Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What that means is what's happened in your spirit, begin to work that out into your soul. Then begin to work that out into your body where you start to feel in body and soul the same way you are in spirit. I don't have time to go into all that one, but hidden people are secure people. Number three, hidden people are correctable people. They're teachable people. They're people that can be told what to do. They're people that can be uh, adjusted why? Why can they do that? If you find your identity in the realm of your soul and your decisions or in the realm of your body, or if you find yourself in anything other than who you are in spirit, when someone comes and tries to bring correction, when the word, a pastor, a, a, a podcast, whatever, if it tries to bring correction, if your identity is in the realm of your soul, it hurts too much to look at it very long. If you identify with the decisions that you've made, if you identify with your emotions and the way that you're thinking, I mean, some of you, you're you're ashamed of what you're thinking. You, you carry a lot of shame about what you're thinking. And you're like, what is wrong? How can I be thinking this way? How can I be thinking about that? How can I be thinking about her? How can I, you, come on. How can I be thinking about this thing if, if, if something's not wrong with me? You've identified with those things. However, if those things are just a possession, and you are a spirit who's already perfect, then it's easy to hold out your possession and say, I'll work on that. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I got some, I got some work to do over here. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't pretending we don't. And I'm also not saying we should not care about these things. That's, please hear my heart. If you heard that, you missed the point of the message. What I'm telling you is you don't even have the power to do this. Until you have the revelation of this, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because now that I know this, now I've got a little more courage to walk into those dark places and go, you know what, I've I got to stop looking at porn. It's messing things up in my life. I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but that is not God. I've got to stop looking at porn. I've got to stop talking to other women. I've got to stop drinking so much. I got, there, yeah, there will be some things you have to do, but you know what? You're so hidden in Christ, you're correctable in every other way. That's not who I am. That's just, that's just something I've done, and I'm working on that. It gives you the courage. I'll I tell you, one of the things we need the, the most courage for is the courage to go into the dark places of our life and work on them. Those are the scariest places to go, unless you're clothed with him, hidden with him. Since hidden people are correctable people, hidden people are growing people. They're growing. They're getting better. You know why? Because they have no problem holding out their weaknesses. They have no, no problem holding this stuff out and getting things worked off. They have no problems taking things like that to their, friend, to their friends. And like the scripture says, like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Some of you aren't growing because you're not holding out before your friends the things that need to be sharpened. And the only reason you're not doing that is because you're ashamed of what you think you are. Come on, I'm going to say it again. Yeah, yeah. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are not what you do. You are what he said. So for that reason, get some people in your life to say, hey, I need to hold out this thing. I need to hold out this thing to someone. Can, like a friend, can you sharpen this thing in me? I'm, I, my identity's not in this. So I need you to help me with this. 
And I want you to speak into that. And even if, it, even if I don't like what you say at first, I'm just, say it, hit me with it straight. And since you're correctable and teachable, you're growing. You're getting better. Some of you in here, you're not where you wished you were. And it's not because you haven't been trying. It's because you haven't been hidden. It's not that you haven't been trying. You just haven't been hidden. Hidden people are growing people. And last but not least, hidden people are thankful people. Hidden people are thankful people. I don't know if, if y'all ever say something, and as soon as you say the words out of your mouth, like the thought crosses your mind, what in God's name is wrong with me? Y'all ever say something out loud, and as soon as you hear what you say, you're like, what is wrong with me? The other day, I was thinking about something, and I had ordered something on Amazon, like, next day, and it didn't come in, like, when it said it was going to, and I just got so furious. I'm like, what the flip, Amazon Prime? This is not next day delivery. I'm just so angry that it was this, and I, th- I want to say it was like a, a, like a rubber gasket on my coffee mug or something. It's like so important, right? And it just dawned on me that like, you're, you are complaining about being able to click a few buttons and have something there. It wasn't there the next day, it is there the next day, you know. It's like, man, I, you know, I think sometimes we just need a, a reminder. Hey, we're supposed to be a thankful people. But if you're not looking at him enough and you're always looking at you, and you're like, if, if you're looking at him, you're thankful. Because if you look at him, you'll see what all he's doing. You'll see all the things that he's If you're looking at you and you're looking at this and all your stuff, every now and then no, things can go wrong over in this area. But it's really hard to get, to get that kind of attitude. And I, we all need attitude checks every now and then. It's just, hey, bro, what have you been looking at? Are you looking unto him? It's a general, sometimes it's just a general reminder by looking at him say, hey, I just need to be a little more thankful for what I have in my life. A little more gratitude in my life. Hidden people are humble people. Hidden people are secure people. Hidden people are correctable people. They're growing people. And hidden people are thankful people. You are a hidden person, and it's time you start acting like it. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.